What's up, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome back to the KH Podcast for another episode of Unpacked. And Pastor Mark uh, brought it again on Sunday as he was leading us in part four of our current sermon series, which is called Rethink Church. Mark, thanks for joining us again today. Absolutely, Chris. Glad to be here. Hey, uh, Frankie did a great job last Sunday. That's an understatement. I mean, he is what he is. He comes, he does, he conquers. It's a hard act to follow is what it is, Chris. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. What he had to share was so great. What you had to share is so great. So uh, if y'all missed the episode from last week, I encourage you go back and listen to the unpacked episode from last week where we had Frankie in the office. We were able to talk to him. He was able to share more of his heart on what he shared about. But uh, today, Mark, I really would love for you to unpack more of your message, which you entitled Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. And I mean, just that title, we could go off and talk about the dream team and other things that you hear from (laughs) other churches. Um, But I also know how you really have been hitting home with the uh, King's House Church body in regards to God telling you to just get healthy. So before we dive in, why don't you unpack that for us a little bit for those who may have missed yesterday's message. uh, What did God exactly tell you? When did he tell you? And what have you as the lead pastor done in that meantime? And what are the results? Yeah. uh, So two and a half years ago, as you know, Chris, we were up against the wall, man. I mean... Mm -hmm between rock and a hard place. And, and it was one of those moments in your life where you realize either God does something extraordinary or it's not gonna work. I mean, uh, we, we needed some miracles, some divine intervention. So obviously spent a lot of time praying through that season in my life, trying to get direction, trying to get the heart of God for the church. And I just kept hearing the same phrase over and over, just get healthy, healthy, healthy. Um, I read a book by Robert Morris about that same time called uh, The Blessed Church. And uh, Pastor Robert Morris, as always, just did an incredible job breaking down what what that is. But long story short, Chris, healthy things grow. Yes. And uh, so that's the adventure we all set off on together. Just what does healthy look like, and how do we get the church to to get there? And uh, so, I mean, that's been the the two and a half year journey getting the culture of the church healthy, getting relationships healthy, getting the governmental structure of the church healthy, getting the finances of the church healthy, getting the program. I mean, just any way a church can get healthy, that's what we've been trying to do. And God's been so faithful to honor that. And and we have grown. I mean, healthy things grow. It's true. Absolutely. And by no means, for any other church who's listening today, by no means are we saying that, you know, King's House is doing everything right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we've made our fair share of mistakes. We will continue yes. to make our fair share of mistakes. But you know what? Mistakes help you learn and grow and get better. And uh, that's the whole point of us trying to just get better. Absolutely. To just get healthier. Yes. So um, when God told you get healthy and you're talking about the, the church structure and everything, you talked about something that I assume is preached about at a lot of churches. But for people who really don't know what it means probably took them like it took them a while to get what you're trying to talk about and you talked about the five-fold ministry yes now we can get theologians in here we can get doctrine people who've gone to bible college they'll know exactly what you're talking about sure but for the average uh churchgoer the average person who works a normal job and has a family and comes to church volunteers at church like they may not have an idea what the five-fold ministry is maybe even some of our listeners today so would you briefly just explain uh the five-fold ministry and what that means just briefly 
briefly. Yeah, it's found in Ephesians chapter 4, and I believe that it's the structure, it's the outline that God gives the church. This is how you get healthy. This is how you stay healthy. He gave, I mean, there's uh, Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. We, it talks about spiritual gifts. Romans talks about motivational gifts. But these are the gifts in Ephesians 4 that God gives to the church, specifically for the church to equip the saints for works of service so that we can find unity, so that we can uh, grow in our knowledge of God, and so that we can become mature believers. And um, so these five incredible gifts that God puts within people for the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, I believe that you need all five of those giftings functioning in a healthy way on a regular basis within your church if you want your church to be mature to find unity if you want to equip those saints that are sitting in those seats every sunday i believe this is the blueprint that god gave us that's awesome so would you say that you're the reason why god has pointed you to this scripture and it's really pulled it out to you to to implement here at the king's house would you say that based on your past experiences you uh have or have not seen this properly implemented. I've heard it taught really well. I just don't know that I've ever seen it implemented to the degree that, that I think it can be implemented, uh, which, which has led to a lot of unhealth in a lot of places, man. And uh, I'm, I gave a few instances yesterday. I, I, I've dealt a lot with uh, churches who would consider themselves uh, prophetic churches or churches who are heavily involved in prayer. And Man, that is such a powerful and relevant gift that the body of Christ needs desperately. We talked about that two weeks ago, the need for the prophetic gift. We just took several special nights here at the church to to open it up to that personal prophetic ministry. That was wonderful. But man, I've, I've just seen it a thousand times when those gifts operate isolated from the other gifts it gets unhealthy in a hurry, man. Yes. And, and it's not just the prophetic gift. Um, that, that's kind of an easy one to pick on because it tends to get a little weirder, a little faster than some <laughs> of the other ones. Uh, but I mean, an evangelistic church separate from the pastoral or the teaching gift can be unhealthy. Uh, the, the, a, a church centered around the gift of teaching without evangelism. and whether, I mean, any combination of those gifts, isolated and separate from the other gifts, it's just not healthy. It's just not healthy. So, man, I just feel like that's the next step that God is challenging me with at this church. Build a five-fold ministry church. Uh, I honestly don't know who all those pieces are or what that looks like exactly. I do know that God's faithful. I think a lot of those gifts are already here in these four walls, and God's going to begin to elevate those gifts. And in a very unique way, God's already connecting my life with other lives and other leaders and ministries outside of the King's House that I think are going to play a, a, a big, crucial role in the future of the church. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me, man. These, oh, these allergies. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, uh, so we've been talking about this and, and about rethinking church in general. And you kind of started a few even weeks ago talking about rethinking the whole uh, structure of the church yep. versus like, the, the pastors, the staff, and the responsibilities of the actual people. And you kind of hit on it a little bit yesterday about the responsibility of the pastors and the staff, and then the responsibilities of the people, God's children, the, the body of Christ. Explain that really fast, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I have been. I started off this series with the sermon called Be the Church. Just this realization that we are the church. The church isn't a, uh, a place. The church is a people. And we're two or three gather in honor of His name. I mean, He is with us. His presence is with us. His Holy Spirit 
Spirit is living on the inside of us. So we, we have to break out of this mentality that church is something that happens on Sundays and Wednesdays when right. Mark's on stage. I mean, we're the church. He expects us to be ministers of the gospel everywhere, every way that we possibly can. And again, this is what Ephesians 4 teaches. This is why the fivefold ministry is so important to equip God's people for the works of service. Uh, it's not about how much ministry can Mark and Chris do while the King's house cheers us on. Yes, That's not the model that God gave us. It's actually supposed to be just the opposite. Mark and Chris are supposed to be equippers and cheerleaders. And the, the individuals sitting in those seats are the ones who are supposed to be doing the bulk, the majority of the actual ministry on a day-to-day basis. Now, in a normal stance, that would probably freak out people because they're thinking, wait, I didn't go to Bible college. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 you're, ta- you're saying I have to be in full-time ministry? I change tires for a living down the street. What do you mean by that? And you really just, in, in my mind, because I was sitting in service and, and taking notes and everything, you really just gave such a liberating feel and you kind of took the weight off of everybody by letting them know that where you are, yeah. where God has put you now, that's your ministry. Yes. So if you are changing tires for a living, we've talked about this before, be the light Absolutely. in the darkness. Yes. Share the love of Christ. It's not necessarily that you're teaching and preaching to them. You're just living and being an example, and if necessary, using those words. Absolutely. We, we talked about it. I think it's the ESV version, the Great Commission, Mark 16, 15. Uh, I was always taught the, 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 from the version that says, go into all the world. It's this command. It's this, uh, and it is. It's, I mean, that's something we should take seriously. But I, I think it's the ESV version that says, as you go. I love that. As you go to the, your job at the tire shop, as you go to work as a school teacher, as you go to the hospital and you work as a nurse, I mean, as you go into life, yes, God is calling each and every individual. Look at the New Testament. None of those people had been through Bible school. Paul, I mean, he was a Pharisee. He knew the scripture in an incredible way. But, I mean, you're talking a group of fishermen. You're talking tax collectors. You're talking ordinary, everyday people who had life-changing experiences with God. And all of a sudden, those ordinary people started doing extraordinary things. I love it. Can you imagine what it would look like if (coughs) just King's House itself, but... I mean, we can go broader than that, which to me is just baffling. But let's let's take King's House for an example. Can you imagine if every single person who attended actually stood up and said, that's right, I'm going to do full-time ministry where I'm at? I mean, our town would instantly change. It would be incredible. Instantly change. And yes. not just King's House, but we got Live Church and 831 and all these churches who are around the area. If the people who attend church actually become the church. Be the church. Whoa. Yeah. What a huge difference that would be. Absolutely, man. Mark, as we end today, you, you said two things yesterday, and I kind of want you to just unpack those for us. The first one was the phrase, you need more than me. Yeah. What exactly did you mean <laughs> when you said, you need more than me? I, I was uh, being very sincere talking to the people that call King's House home with the reality that I am totally okay with. Uh, That's the facts, man. They need more than me. Uh, It's taken me a long time to become comfortable in my own skin. Grew up with a lot of expectations in my life that Mark was supposed to be this or supposed to be that. And man, I've tried to put on a lot of different pairs of shoes that just didn't fit very well. So after all these years and 20 years or whatever, I've been involved in ministry. Uh, I'm I'm okay being me because there's things that Mark's great at and there's areas um, 
in the Christian journey that I excel in and I can teach and I can help people. And even for here at the King's House, I, I think I was uniquely qualified to step in in the season that I stepped in and uniquely qualified for, for God to, to use me and you and Blake and the incredible staff to, to really shift the direction of the church. But uh, Chris, I'm weak in where I'm weak. Same. <laughs> I mean, I'm strong in areas and I'm weak in areas. It's like I said yesterday, if all you do is eat meat, uh, I'm all about some meat, and I mean, if I was on death row, I would order some form of meat. I mean, <laughs> I, I I would eat a steak or I'd eat some ribs, or but if that's all you eat, uh, you're not healthy. Is there anything wrong with meat? Goodness no. I'm gonna go home tonight and I'm gonna find some form of meat to eat. Uh, I got meatloaf. <laughs> but if that's it, you're unhealthy. Uh, I'm called to be an evangelist. I do feel like in some ways the the. Uh, actually just got a prophetic word Monday night. Like there's an apostolic call in your life and, and I believe that, but bro, man, I'm so weak in some areas of teaching. I'm so weak in some areas of the prophetic ministry. I can be so weak in areas of a pastor. I mean, um, the King's House needs other people who are strong in the areas that I'm weak yeah. to really come in and pour into this body and impart into this body not for the benefit of Mark, for the benefit of the church yeah. on a much larger scale than me. I wonder how many pastors are screaming that on the inside, but they just don't know how to express it on the outside. Well, you know, we have these social expectations that you're the pastor and that's your job and that's what we pay you to do and you need to be behind the pulpit every Sunday. And I understand that. And I, I mean, I said it yesterday, I'm not looking for ways to be lazy. Quite the opposite. As you know, we, we go full speed <coughs> all day, every day. Uh, but as I ask myself, what's best for this body? Um, what does health look like on a whole new level? Then that absolutely does involve a lot of Sundays where I'm not going to be the guy behind the pulpit preaching. And I'm okay with that. And I want King's House body to be okay with that. I want them to see the big picture. Mark's not leaving. F furthest thing from the truth. I'm still the pastor. I'm still the leader. I'm still loving. And I'm, all those things. We just need some different gifts in a different way than what I can give them. I love that you get to have that opportunity and you're exposing uh, the body to different views, different ways, different everything. Uh, growing up in a Bible college, I say growing up, <laughs> three years of a Bible college, uh, they would intentionally bring in different speakers <coughs> and communicators just for that reason. Absolutely. And also intentionally knowing that they're getting someone who they don't absolutely, they completely disagree with what they're going to be sharing, right. but they want us as mature believers to know the Word of God and what it says. So, you know, that's something, again, healthy things grow. So it is. when you're healthy and you know what God's Word says, then you can be able to uh, nitpick all that through. I think that's another, there's a lot of things very unique about the King's House and what God's doing here, but I think that's another one. Theologically, Chris, uh, if, if you're a Southern Baptist or you're an Assembly of God or you're a Church of Christ or you, I mean there there are these beliefs that either you believe this way or you don't and if you don't believe a certain way then it's it's almost like there's this exclusion from you're really not part of that denomination if you will and it's not that rigid I'm just I'm giving you some examples but I think what's so unique about the King's House if you were to poll 50 people and ask them the same three questions you're gonna get such a massively wide range of answers yeah. they come from so so many different backgrounds, perspectives, ways of thinking, denominations. I think that's okay. I said it yesterday. Uh, strength is not found when a group of people with the same background and the same beliefs and the same personality hang out. That's not strength. That's not health. That's not balance. Strength is found in diversity of 
of beliefs, of perspectives, of backgrounds. Now, there's a core core group of beliefs that we need to believe. Right. There's There are some things in the Bible that are very black and white. Jesus is the only way to heaven, period. Uh, we receive salvation by grace, through faith. Uh, he is the way. I mean, it's... There's a heaven, there's a hell, we need forgiveness. I mean, there's some basic principles that yes, we need to all believe on these things. But some of these other things, um, man, the church has really majored on some things that are kind of minor and we've gotten out of balance. So uh, I think it's wonderful that you don't have to believe just like Mark to call the king's house home. Yes. And I do agree that sometimes we learn best when someone teaches something that doesn't line up with the way we believe. It should force you to say, I'm gonna jump in this word. What does the Bible actually say? Yeah, uh, I've done that. There's been some teachings that I thought, nah, that's, I jumped in the word and sometimes I come out of the word thinking like, well, I was right, that dude was wrong. Other times I've jumped in the word and been like, holy cow, how did I miss how this? Miss this it? is yes. the truth. Yes. Just because it's something we were taught doesn't make it true, Chris. Absolutely, and you want to talk about an unhealthy church, and that uh, is coming every single Sunday, sitting down and taking whatever, no offense, you say, or any pastor says, oh my goodness, as, yes. as biblical truth 100%. We're people, and we make mistakes, yes. and in our sermon preps and all this other stuff, uh, we're probably gonna miss a few things. <laughs> so, And there are some things that I interpret one way, other people in this church interpret another way, and that's okay, it's not a deal breaker. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so lastly, as we wrap up, um, you always taught me when preparing for sermons to speak to the body of Christ, uh, how can they apply that to their Monday morning? You know, <laughs> hey, it's great sitting in church yeah. and we're opening the Bible, we're talking about it, but how does that apply to our life? So um, how in the world does a five-fold ministry <laughs> <laughs> and the health of the structural of the church uh, being the like an organization, how does that help in my life or our listeners' life on a Monday morning, and you can even use this quote that you had uh, to lead into it if you want to, but you said that insecurities can rob us from what God has for us. Oh man, absolutely. So in our insecurities that can rob us from what God has for us, how in the world does a five-fold ministry apply to my Monday morning at the tire shop? Yeah, it's my job as a leader to define reality and to define direction. So it's important that I do that on, on, a, on a broader scale, on a church-wide scale, which yesterday was in a certain extent. Again, uh, knowing what Ephesians says about the fivefold ministry uh, this morning at the tire shop probably didn't serve you a whole lot. No. Uh, but how can we take those principles of the fivefold ministry and apply those to our everyday lives? Uh, we talked about Philip and Peter and John yesterday. Philip had a role to play in that Samaritan town. He, he rolled in there, that dude showed up, God showed out, miracle signs and wonders, people got saved. That was his role. Peter and John came in with their giftings, with their callings. They had a role to fulfill in that city. Um, insecurity can rob us of so much. We're comfortable being around people who are like us in the way we think and the way we live. We're comfortable with people who are like us, similar in social status and financial status. We tend to avoid people who are so much better at us in a certain area. We tend to avoid people who are so much success, more successful than us in certain areas. And that's how insecurity robs us, is what we should do is be flocking to those people. Hey, I have gifts, I'm secure in that, but I don't have the same gift you have. I need you. I need that gifting in my life. 
And I think that's how insecurity robs from us. It isolates us, even though there may be people around us available to us who could help us in tremendous ways in our marriage, in our finances, in our families, in our, in our, in our careers. Uh, don't let insecurity keep you isolated. Go to those people, especially within the body of Christ, and say, man, I see that you're strong in this area where I'm weak. Bro, I need you. Speak into my life. Be willing. Be transparent. I'll never forget uh, a guy that uh, used to give me guitar lessons, just a musical freak. His name's Gary Turley. Uh, recorded in Nashville for years with all sorts of big names. I mean, the guy was just so legit. He taught me years ago. I was a young man, 19 years old. He said, Mark, if you ever uh, feel like you get to a place as a musician that somebody can't teach you anything, well, then you've quit growing. Yeah. And actually, you're going in reverse. Every time we That's got good. together, he just, I mean, hounded on that principle that you can learn something from everybody. Even if it's what not to do, you can learn something. Every person is valuable and has a piece of the puzzle that you need. So we need to carry that approach into our everyday life. Uh, how can I grow? How can I get healthier? Who has God put in my life that I need to surround myself with and I need to open my life up to that yeah. can help me grow? That's good. So good. Well, guys, um, if you are right now listening to this and you're thinking, who can I lean into? Who can I trust? And, and maybe that person just popped into your head already while Pastor Mark was talking about that. And I really want to encourage you this week before this coming Sunday, reach out to that person. Let them know why you look up to them so much. Maybe their marriage is, has been very healthy for a lot of years. Not to say that they've never had their ups and downs, but you can ask them, what did y'all do? How did you get through this? Or, or maybe uh, you can look at somebody who whose uh, checkbook and, and uh, bank account is healthy and balanced and they're not falling behind and reach out to those people that you look up to and don't let the insecurities rob you from what God has for you as well because after all like Pastor Mark opened up with at the beginning of the service is that we are one body we're many parts but we're one body and we work together to serve each other and to serve the people around us so guys looking forward to next Sunday as Pastor Mark wraps up this current sermon series called Rethink Church we have one more and then uh, we're also going to be celebrating Mother's Day this coming Sunday so Absolutely. moms bring your family to church. Yes. We look forward to seeing you guys this coming Sunday at the King's House. God bless you guys.